Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Originally from Bega in New South Wales, Corey Legg now lives in Wollongong. He is a prolific songwriter, releasing three albums in quick succession and now anticipating a fourth. His latest single is Friday Nights, and this year he's also done some touring in the Netherlands, Germany, and Belgium, so there's a fair bit to ask him about. Hi, Corey. Hey, Sophie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm looking forward to hearing about the European tour, but I'm going to start with Friday Nights because it is your latest single. What is it about? Yeah, so Friday Nights is about um, how important it is to um, spend quality time with family and close friends and just to catch up and touch base with each other regularly and um you know focus on your social life as much as your work life as well and um the the film clip has a lot of my close friends in it and my family and we sort of get around the campfire and have a few beers and catch up so it's quite an authentic clip out in the country did you have to strong arm into any anyone into being in the clip or did they all volunteer um when I said there was going to be free beers and free food, they were all pretty pretty stoked. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's a lot of people to organise. I imagine, you know, you can send out all the details, but still got to make sure they turn up. Yeah, it was quite a big um, big process to get everyone there and um, obviously to hire the the camping ground as well. That was a, a big, big process. But um, the stars aligned and we had a, a really nice day for it with no rain and um, I had – Jay Sini from Blacklist Productions um, take the footage for the clip and we got some really nice drone footage of the far south coast as well. I should say that is the golden guitar wedding Jay Sini, uh, who is very much in demand. How far ahead do you have to book him? Um, oh, I had to book him about a month in advance and, um, yeah, a lot of planning went in behind the scenes and um, it was fantastic to finally work with him because he's um, produced some of my favourite clips for some of my favourite country artists. So, yeah, it was a real privilege to get to work with Jay. Do you enjoy the video making process? Um, 50-50. I, I find that it's quite stressful when it's in a public place. Right. Um, but this particular clip we shot on private property, so it was really relaxed and there was no pressure from being in the public eye. And, um, yeah, I found it quite an enjoyable process this time. When it's in a public place, do you worry that, like, they're going to wander into the shot or is it just that thing of I don't really want to be watched while I'm doing this? Yeah, I guess it's just not wanting to be watched. Um, some of the the film clips I've done in the past have been in the main streets of big towns and um, a lot of people don't know what I'm doing or yeah. where the camera is, so they're quite confused. So it just adds a, a whole other element of the unknown. But um, when it's on private property, you don't have those interruptions and, all the weird questions that you have to answer. Yeah, right. Now, uh, you have been working with Nash Chambers as your producer, and I believe he produced Friday Nights. Is this the first time you've worked with him? Yeah, this is the first time I've worked with Nash. Um, it actually worked out really well for me um, with the timing because uh, I knew that I wanted to record a fourth album and I had a list of producers that I'd narrowed down to about five. And um, as I'd made that list, I actually got a an email from Nash Chambers saying, hey, do you need a producer? And I said, well, that's great timing because you're on my my shortlist anyway. And um, he was in Australia for 
recording Casey Chambers and um, he was also playing at uh, Tamworth Country Music Festival with Casey. So um, while he was here in January this year, we recorded the whole album and Hmm. now we've put out the first single Friday Nights. So... I've got a few questions to ask out of that. Um, so you, uh, you're you now heading into your fourth album and, in fact, you've recorded it, as you just said. I would imagine you have a really clear idea of what you want your songs to sound like, verging on to the point where you may consider producing yourself, but clearly you value that external input. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think um, I like to focus more on the performance rather than thinking about the overall sound. Um and obviously having someone like Nash Chambers on board, um, he's so talented and so experienced in that environment that he just completely takes the reins with um, thinking ahead on how things will sound in the long run and it just allows me to um, focus on making sure that my performance is great and making mm-hmm. sure that um, the members of my se- session band are also across what they need to do. So it's... um. Yeah, I don't think I'll produce any of my own material in the near future, but it's something I'd love to do eventually. Yeah, right. Uh, when you got the email from Nash, given he was on your shortlist, did you take a moment and think, maybe I'm a warlock? Maybe I, I created this, I cast a spell. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments where it was like, I guess if you put it out into the universe, then sometimes you'll get the call. Um, I'd actually never met or spoken to Nash. Um, I'd had zero contact with him and... Um, everyone kept saying that he'd be a good choice. And then, yeah, we sort of connected over Instagram and email and then had a a, a video call between um, here in Australia and where he was based over in Nashville. Right. So for him to approach you, clearly he liked the cut of your jib. He must have heard a few of your songs already. Yeah, I think he'd done his research, which was um, very humbling for me. Um, I think that's essentially the reason that I decided to go with Nash in the end because not only was I already keen to work with him, um, I knew that he was also keen to work with me and um, he liked what I was doing and he wanted to try and push me to that next level. Yeah. Now you said you recorded in January. It is now October when we're talking. Uh, that is a, and I think you released the, the single in September. That's a long time to hold on to something that you no doubt came to get out into the world. Was that a strategic choice? So you thought later in the year's better. I'm just going to sit on it. Yeah, it's been a, a super busy year. So I've sort of learnt from lessons of the past where I put a deadline on and it was a bit too intense. So I decided that I'd record it and then put zero plans in place until until I was happy with the recordings themselves. Um, whereas in the past I've had songs that are nowhere near finished and the deadline's a month away. So um, it's been less stressful in that sense and it's allowed me to focus on uh, touring Europe this year and uh, also um, touring Western Australia and uh, I also got down to the, the Melbourne Guitar Show in Victoria this year. So it's it's been a great year to get out and see the world and, um, yeah, make the most of the live scene coming back after COVID. Yeah. So you mentioned Europe and I will ask you about that. How do you even begin to organise a tour from so far away? Yeah, it was probably arguably one of the biggest processes of my life. Um and it was a, a huge career challenge to get over there. Um, I was originally booked to play in Europe in 2020, and then we all know what happened that year. Yeah. And I had to postpone that tour 
for three consecutive years, so 2020, 2021, and 2022. Um, so this was fourth time lucky this year, and um, I'm very lucky that I'm booked by uh, Geordie at TJ Concerts in the Netherlands. Right. Okay, so the, so Geordie did all the uh, the nitty-gritty for you, but you still yeah. got to make a commitment to get over there not knowing, I guess, what's going to happen when you get there because it's not an audience you're used to. So how did it all go? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It was, um, like you said, there was a lot of unknowns heading over there and playing to people that I'd never met before. Um, the crowds are really responsive and I think every show I did I I learnt new skills on how to interact with the crowd that didn't necessarily speak great English. Yeah. Uh, all the all the crowds in the Netherlands had um, a great grasp of the English language, but I found that the further into Germany I went, there was a bit of a language barrier. Um, but it was a really cool experience overall. Did you have a favourite country out of the ones you played? Um, yeah, I really love the Netherlands. Um, they've got a really good music scene there and, Every venue I played there was totally different. Um, you could be playing at a, a small licensed cafe or the next night might be a, a rowdy pub where they they want to hear, you know, well-known covers that yeah. <laughs> aren't necessarily well-known covers in Australia. So that was a challenge. And um, there was also some really cool venues where it was, um, I remember playing an, an upstairs venue that was uh, purpose-built by a bunch of retirees and that was their their hobby they just built this live music venue with um with a bar it had thousands of dollars of guitars attached to the roof and it had a, a full camera and lighting set up so it was really unique well, that sounds amazing actually and yeah. a great thing to do with retirement <laughs> yeah i must admit I, I thought it was the world's best man cave and it's given me some great ideas for 40 years down the track yeah right um and you also as you said played western australia so again distant I mean this is a big country even though we're all on the same continent WA is a five-hour flight um, in one direction so how did you go around go about organizing that tour yeah it was um a really short tour um I did six days in Western Australia um it logistically it's nowhere near as crazy as getting over to Europe but um obviously I still have to drive myself once I land and um I didn't have a booking agent for this tour, so um, I was just relying on a lot of a lot of friends and musicians that I've met over the years to help me out with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a had a great time performing at the the Perth Blues Club and the Strings Attached Guitar Festival in Bunbury and Margaret River. So it was a really um really great a really great chance to play gigs that were focused on uh, guitar music. It was right. really guitar heavy, which is right up my alley. So given the the range of places you've played just this year, have you as an artist or as a performing artist developed the ability to just walk into a venue with no expectations? Like you don't know what the shape of the room is going to be like, what the sound's going to be like, what the audience is going to be like, and to open yourself up to it as opposed to worrying about controlling all the details. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've been playing... I guess professionally for about 11 years now and when I first started there was a lot of um nerves over the the things that I couldn't control but um mm. now I've got a, a setup with my my instruments and my music equipment that I'm really confident with and my set list feels really good at the moment so um you know I guess that's half the battle 
just yeah. knowing the songs that I'm going to play when I get in there and um, just putting my best effort in. And when I do that, I find that um, nine times out of ten, the audience responds really well anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more live gigs into the future and hopefully starting to play some bigger venues in Australia as well. So you mentioned the WA gigs being guitar heavy. I therefore have to ask you, on average, how many guitars do you have on stage with you when you do a gig? Well, recently, because of the Europe trip, I've completely stripped back to just one guitar, right. just okay. just to make it easier to travel with. But um, in the past, I have been known to have anywhere up to four guitars on stage. <laughs> Which all need to be kept in tune, um, depending on the air con and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I think that's another huge reason that I decided to go with one guitar. It's just um, so many things can go wrong when you've got four guitars and, you know, strings start to break and they go out of tune. So my my battle plan at the moment is just one guitar, make sure it's got a brand new set of strings. Right. Um, and I've got a, a really nice new guitar that I got custom made from Cole Clark Guitars and it's um, definitely my favourite guitar that I play at the moment. Okay. Well, the other guitars may get jealous, but no doubt you'll give them a workout at some stage. <laughs> now, apart from being a guitarist, you are very productive as a songwriter. Are you writing constantly? Um, I have been writing on and off recently, but, um, yeah, I feel like once I plan to work with Nash for the for the fourth album, I really got stuck into the the production process behind the scenes of recording demos and rewriting songs and trying to write at least two songs a week. Okay. Um, at the moment, it's been a bit of a struggle. I'm a high school teacher five days a week and trying to find time to gig in between. So it's one of those periods where I, I guess I'm getting a lot of inspiration um, so that when when I do get time off for school holidays, I'll I'll start writing again. Yeah, right. And when you do write... I suppose it's a question of opening up the channel to, to things. But when you're not writing, do you sometimes find that ideas may come to you and you think, I just don't have time to handle that at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, it feels that, that way at the moment. Um, I'm constantly recording voice memo demos on my phone and I'm always writing lyrics down, but I haven't written a cohesive full song for a long time. So um, my gut feeling is that in the next month or two, I'm going to have about 10 songs in the, the space of a few weeks. Yeah. So uh, so just going on that gut feeling, is there a point at which you feel like the high tide mark is about to be reached? Like you just could have sort of kept these songs there, they're rising, they're rising, and then at a certain point it's inevitable you're going, you're just going to sit down and do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like um, if I try and force the songs, it, it doesn't necessarily happen. Um but I do find that if I put some sort of deadline in maybe a month or two out, so if I've got, say, two months to write 10 songs, I find that that's generally when I do write my best material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if right. it's an, an achievable amount of time and um, I have some sort of end goal. Mm-hmm. You have a certain amount of momentum as a recording artist as well. I mentioned that you had three albums out in pretty quick succession, I think almost one a year, and this album will be out next year, presumably. Uh, so 
is that for you, you just feel like striking while the iron's hot? You've got the songs, you have the willingness, you have the opportunity, you just want to keep recording. And if that's the case, do you then tend to move on from those songs you've recorded? Almost like that's documented, I'm now getting to the next phase. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I found that recently my live shows are definitely heavily focused on more recent material. Um I probably only play one or two songs off my first album, which was only released in 2019. So, yeah, I'm mm. definitely moving quickly and constantly trying to reinvigorate the live set with um, songs that are more current. Um, in terms of recording three albums in three years, I I guess I feel a bit behind the eight ball with um, some of my contemporaries in the country scene. Um, a lot of a lot of country artists go through the the academy and. They've played at Tamworth since they were, you know, eight years old and they might already have a handful of albums out in their 20s. So I've come into the country scene at 27 and I did have a, a career before that with my blues rock band, the Swamp Stompers, and we put out five CDs in 10 years. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to really, you know, go headlong into the country scene and go as hard as I can while I can. Yeah. But that's quite a pedigree, five albums in 10 years uh, with the former band. So I don't think it's a question of you emerging too late into country music. In fact, I tend to think you can emerge in country music at any time. But it is interesting that you just you decided to commit yourself to that genre because the blues could have kept calling you. Yeah. Having said that, um, I do feel that maybe in the next album or two it might start to shift back to the blues a little bit. Um okay. I guess I'm hugely inspired by artists such as Chris Stapleton who seamlessly go between the two genres and um, it does still feel natural to me to write blues music. So people can definitely expect to hear probably some of my most blues rock material to date on the new album that's coming out next year. Right. Um, but there's certainly at least 50% that's well in the country scene as well. Yeah. What do you tend to listen to more or is it even? Um, I, I found through the pandemic, I was listening to mostly country. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, since, since things have blown over a bit, I've probably started to lean back towards what I grew up listening to, which is more seventies hard rock and, um, yeah, I guess blues rock, maybe, maybe not traditional blues, but, um, yeah, definitely, um, blues like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and, uh, even guys like Albert King. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just reflecting on what you said about being conscious that, you know, you hadn't been to the academy and you hadn't done various things from eight years of age. But, you know, it, you've achieved a huge amount. You have got these albums out into the world. You've been touring. Uh, are you an artist, though, who tends to think, you know, again, with the momentum, just keep moving? There's always more to achieve. Yeah, I guess I've always been quite ambitious with um, all my musical projects and, um as an artist, our, our albums are our legacy and that's what we leave behind eventually. So, um, you know, it's it's my plan moving forward to keep trying to record as many albums as possible. And I guess I guess the art of recording albums is kind of being lost with a lot of the younger generation. Um, we're seeing more of a singles-driven market. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just sort of sticking to what my heroes did decades ago and, you know, focus on albums that tell stories rather than just throw away singles. 
Yeah, it's interesting uh, the juxtaposition between the singles culture, the streaming culture, but then the interest in vinyl, for example, and in CDs, and now we're seeing some people making cassettes. So it's that interest in having the artefact that shows that you've made something um, and therefore requires the album structure. And, yeah, I'd like to think that will never be lost, but I don't know. As an artist, I suppose that's a, that's a real tension these days is, is when you want to make an album, you want to have that arc of the story through the songs, but you need to get singles out for streaming. Yeah, I, I guess I'm seeing a bit of a a hybrid trend at the moment where, um, like I've done recently with Friday Nights, my latest single, um, a lot of artists are dropping a single every month to three months and then they might release anywhere up to five or six singles but then those singles become the album so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds with that approach um whereas in the past i guess you would maybe focus on your best three singles and then the focus would be the album but now the album's kind of like you said it's more more like a compilation of singles for most artists I guess um, from what I've heard in your music, you tend to structure those songs together. This is not just you sort of tossing out a few that's like, oh, yeah, they're, that's okay. They're, they're the 12 I've written, so they'll go together. You actually have cohesiveness in mind. Yeah, I feel like my my last album was probably the most cohesive in terms of a theme. Um, when I released my third album, What Now?, the, the goal was to put together a concept album of, um, songs focusing on the pandemic and bushfires. So mm-hmm. that that was a pretty crazy challenge to narrow songs down that fitted that exact theme. Um, I, I think the new album's not as cohesive because it's got that mix of blues and country, but I'm hoping that that might be a, a nice point of difference for the listener. Yeah, right. So I imagine you will have some singles coming out soon. And, of course, this time of year I have to ask people about Tamworth, even though it's October, plans are being made. So do you have Tamworth plans? Yeah, I'm currently booked for about, I think it's six shows at Tamworth. So people can expect to see a a tour poster pretty soon with all the dates. And I've got a little surprise up my sleeve for mid-January as well. So keep an eye out. And if people do want to see you play before then, are you playing around Wollongong? Um, I'm going to do some shows south of Wollongong in January. Um, I'm playing at the Nelly Jam Music Festival at Nelligan, New South Wales, which is uh, just west of Batemans Bay. And um, I'm also playing in Maruya and, yeah, looking to play some some gigs, probably, probably a bit closer to Canberra as well. Okay. Well, you know, Maruya, South Coast, what horribly unattractive, unappealing places to go to play music and go and see music. Um, that undoubtedly is a nice part of the of the job is being able to to play in places like that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's um it normally ties in with my school holidays with the January gigs and it's a nice chance to get home and see my parents in Bega and yeah, sort of see that part of the world while it's nice weather. Yeah. Well, Corey, I'm sure people can look forward to seeing you in Tamworth and listening to the new song. And obviously there is an album on the way because it's all done and dusted and awaiting release. So I look forward to hearing news about that. And thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks for having me, Sophie. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com 
or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.